Welcome to Between the Gutters, where we talk about the stories within the panel. I'm your co-host, Albert, and with us is our other co-host. This is Drew. What's up, everybody? Yo, yo, yo. To all the lovely people out there listening to the podcast, uh, today we're dropping in a special, special in many ways, really, but it's a special bonus podcast episode because... This is coming out midweek. We're we're dropping it before the release of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And uh, another way that it's special is that we get to spend more time with you lovely people. And <laughs> on top of that, this is a meta episode because we actually recorded the bulk of it uh, last week. And we've just decided to add additional content. So you're going to be listening to us. From two different points in time. So don't tell me that my children are going to grow up to be the ones to bring the end of the world. I don't know how time travel works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much uh, the background behind this episode is because when we were recording our WandaVision autopsy, our wand topsy, we. <laughs> kind of got carried away and started talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and ended up just going on way too long. So we had a, a bunch of leftover material and, you know, us being the uh, comic book geniuses that we are, we can't let our valuable input and voices go unheard. So we had to find a way to take all of the stuff that we had left over on the cutting room floor and bring it to you, the people. Am I uh, putting too much value on our own abilities, Albert? Uh, no, I think not because quite frankly, if we don't value it, no one will. That is so true, I'm, man. That is so I'm going to tell point. all of you listeners, all you beautiful listeners out there who listen to us and, and, and spend time with us. This is the most valuable thing that you can get from us. This yeah. is our essence. Love yourself. But better because yet, if you don't love if us. If you don't love yourself, who will? <laughs> More importantly, love us. Yes. <laughs> I don't that's care if the, you love that's yourself. That's the real takeaway. <laughs> I don't care if you love yourself. That's what you do on your own time. Love I don't care if you love Drew. your kids either, but you got to love Albert and Drew. That's that's the most important thing you can ever learn in life. Love us. Lately, uh, Marvel's put out a bunch of clips, trailers, and things like that. So you have any thoughts on what we've seen so far? I feel like uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is more their straight lace uh, action show, but... Uh, I will make an addendum, which is recent trailers have tried to portray it, have tried to portray it with an additional angle, which is it's not just this straight action slash uh, thriller mm -hmm. slash political intrigue um, a show, mm -hmm. uh, but it's also a buddy show, buddy. Yeah, buddy action buddy. comedy. Yeah, yeah, buddy action comedy. I was gonna say buddy cop, but they're not cops. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, uh, I do feel like it's covering all those bases, and um, 
So what we've seen from the trailer is uh, we've seen Baron Helmet Zemo. I don't even know if his name is Helmet Zemo in in the MCU, but um, he was in uh, the Captain America Civil War movie. So Mm -hmm. we're going to see his return, which is kind of a cool thing to do to boost the stakes for their show uh, by bringing back the villain, like a pretty, I don't know, I'd say a pretty underrated villain overall for the MCU. Yeah, because uh, I don't know. I feel like when when Civil War happened, Baron uh, uh, Zemo was. I, I I feel like people were pretty blown away by him, but he's been kind of lost in the shuffle ever since Thanos and. Well, just ever since Thanos came out, I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if he's you think been... about it. Only Baron Zemo. Defeated the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And he uh, he didn't need a gauntlet to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he broke them without, you know, uh, that much power. He used his mind. Exactly. So, so it's, it'll be cool to see him again. And on top of that, uh, there's they did a scene where you see the, the purple face mask that he that that's yeah known for and i'm looking forward to seeing that like i want to see him as the zemo that we know you know uh totally in in the comics because that i always thought that face mask was cool man i thought his design was cool yeah he's he's definitely one of my top 10 marvel villains especially in the based on the comics but i yeah i really like his film version also but in the comics zemo is one of my favorite supervillains. yeah like he, there's just been a lot of great stories featuring him yeah whether it's it's his vendetta against captain america or even his uh what do you call it like the his more ambitious goals when he tries to world domination yeah exactly like yeah that's, like everything from he can be petty of evil to be, yeah. yeah he can be petty and just you know do some spiteful stuff to to hurt captain america or, or he, he can, can be think ambitious. really big yeah and, yeah, and ambitious, try to exactly. actually destroy or not destroy but uh conquer conquer the world yeah exactly that's uh he's got range man <laughs> yeah yeah he works in yeah. so many different types of stories I, i'm really Looking forward to what they decide to do with him in the MCU. Yeah. Especially now that and, he's got the mask. Yeah. Um, I guess if we're going to make... If we're going to discuss predictions, one of the things that his signature... Uh, that are signature to Baron Zemo, though, is underneath the mask in the comics, his face is basically melted. Yeah, he looks like Spawn. Uh... I was gonna say he looks like a wet turd. But... He looks like if Spawn and a wet turd had a baby. <laughs> Spawn turd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so in this series, yeah. If if I had to guess, at some point what we're gonna see happen is his face is gonna be melted and he is gonna be just this disfigured dude. 
with the mask. Mm-hmm. So that's a possibility. Uh, they also showed another villain who's going to be, I guess she's like the muscle, but it's Flag Smasher. We were talking about her earlier today, and I thought she was Echo, but you you clarified that she's actually Flag, Flag Smasher, which yeah. is... And the only reason a, that I knew that was because I, I checked and I learned that Echo is going to show up in Hawkeye, and that's a different actress. Okay, okay. Yeah, and Flag Smasher is just kind of... This is. Let me put it this way. This w- this is probably a case where the MCU version is probably going to be better than the comic version of that character. Yeah. Because that character is just a straight jobber. Um, you know, I feel like the only stories I ever read with him are stories where he's trying to set up off set up set up set off a series of bombs. Like yeah. he's just a terrorist. That, yeah. That's his whole thing. So, yeah. Anytime they need a story where Captain America beats up a generic terrorist, he usually beats up Flag Smasher. Yeah. Maybe occasionally Hate Monger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I have more love for Hate Monger than Flag Smasher for sure. <laughs> Do you think there's any chance down the line that we could see the Thunderbolts? Baron Zemo leading the Thunderbolts? Uh, I do. Like, I'm I'm going to use the same answer that I used for Agents of Atlas, but essentially, if there's a way for... I, I think it's more likely that we're going to see Thunderbolts than Agents of Atlas. Mm-hmm. Like, if anything, I'd say Thunderbolts is probably in the same range, if not more likely, than Young Avengers to be made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah I'm pretty confident that it's just a matter of time do you think that if they made a cinematic adaptation of the Thunderbolts that they would kind of do the same thing they did with the original comics where it was a group of former or not former it was a group of villains masquerading as heroes like do you think they oh. would just cherry pick some of the smaller villains from the different movies that they've done over the years and have them become the Thunderbolts? Uh, yeah, see, so that's the thing that's tough about this question because there's been several iterations of the Thunderbolts and I think my favorite iteration is probably the Warren Ellis, but it's also fair to say that that version of the Thunderbolts wasn't the like original core concept of what the Thunderbolts was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if if they did the Busiek Thunderbolts, Busiek slash Nicieza, um, I mean, it'd be fun. I wouldn't be mad at that. I like I, I want to see that too. The idea of villains disguised as heroes in order to take over the world. Um, I'm sure they might alter that uh, motivation a little bit just for the movies, but yeah, you know that's something that could work. Um, the thing that I was thinking of though is that the big twist from the comics, I don't think that would work in a film just because of the way that the media is today, and there are no secrets in casting and whatnot. But in in the comics, the very first issue, you're just introduced to this team of brand new 
superheroes that went over the city. And at, on the very last page, you learn that these heroes are actually old villains and their leader is Baron yeah. Zemo. <laughs> but if they tried and that works in the comic like when that happened that was a total surprise like it's still probably one of the biggest surprises in superhero comic book history yeah but in a movie it feels like that could never work because you would know who the actors are ahead of time yeah so like you would know that this guy played that bad guy in this movie so if he's in this other marvel movie and playing that character then you know it it's safe to say you you couldn't really do the surprise, but yeah, I yeah. wish there was some way to do that, man, because that would be the kind of movie, the kind of superhero movie that I think would get a whole lot of people talking. Where it's like you weren't you walk into the movie expecting it to be about all these heroes, and and like at some point you just realize that all the commercials and stuff tricked you, and it's really about a team of villains. Yeah, yeah. Like if they could somehow pull that off, I I think that would be pretty successful yeah that it yeah when you think about movies and like the few times in cinematic history where they pull off like shocking endings with that much effect it it, uh, well i mean i don't know if it'd be on that level but just if they're even able to capture like a fraction of that that'd be a pretty amazing thing you know yeah Yeah. it just feels like that would never happen in today's world because everybody's yeah. always reading social media and, and trade magazines and yeah. or, uh, websites where you, you know who's playing who. And like all these things are basically spoiled for you. All, like all the casting stuff is spoiled for you before the movie even comes out. Yeah. So it would just be impossible to be surprised by something like that. Well, was, not impossible, but I, I, I'm not clever enough. It'd be, to think be hard. Way. Yeah. 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 Like, but I was like require a ton of secrecy. Yeah, but I was thinking, I was like, I don't even know what villains they could... The only villain that I could think of was Batroc. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Who else? Like, I feel like they've killed everybody else. Uh, All the other villains died. <laughs> except for Zemo and Batroc. <laughs> well, they could go into the other franchises also. Well, you were saying that... Uh, they were gonna take villains from uh yeah the other franchises that survived right or yeah who who all survived like what if they got uh the ghost from Ant Man two Ant Man and the Wasp oh okay they got ghost that's uh, true there's also uh <laughs> like Michael Keaton the Vulture <laughs> yeah that's true those he's, other guys in wrong. jail yeah okay so, okay yeah I mean I'd I'd have to think about it but I'm sure there are some guys that didn't die. Yeah. We could get Baron, Baron Mordo. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to imagine him uh, having the same concerns as uh, Baron Zemo and his people. Hey, they're hey, they're both Barons, man. So yeah, they could they be got a part lot of common. the same Baron Club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can get Baron Davis. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, now I just want to see a movie where it's a team of the three of them, where it's like, I'm Baron Zemo, I'm Baron Mordo, and I'm Baron Davis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. U.S. Agent is going to be in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Did they see he, who's going to play him? This guy named Wyatt Russell. 
I don't know. I don't know anything about him, but yeah, he's yeah. another character that has ties to a different era of Thunderbolts. Yeah. And it, well, you know, it'll be interesting to see cuz when John Walker was shown or introduced as US agent, um he was basically just a Captain America ripoff. So Yeah, that was his whole point. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to see what what he looks like or or who yeah if they found a way to design him so that you know he works so that he he I don't know he, he's just a guy I feel like who's who's uh, who's a character that I think we talked about about this in another podcast but uh, where we constantly see him and we're constant uh, well i don't know if you're hoping that he you know ever <laughs> makes it big or whatever but um yeah I, I think there's a part of me that roots for the day where he can be as big as miles morales spider-man or something like that <laughs> <laughs> But that's definitely wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty wishful thinking. He yeah. he's usually the guy that that uh they use whenever they want to show the dark side of of uh patriotism yeah. or something. Yeah. It's like like imagine if if Captain America were just some jingoistic jerk, he'd yeah. be US agent. Yeah. Basically. Uh Man, imagine you, the entire if your entire existence was just for people to show uh, just to use you for stories where you're just a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's why like. No, what are we gonna say? No, 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 go ahead. Uh, I think that's why it's interesting to see U.S. Agent as, or it's interesting to see U.S. Agent used in in that run of Thunderbolts that Jeff Parker did, because in that story, he Parker did give him depth. You know, he wasn't just this, uh, this, this rah-rah military version of Captain America who was just a total tool, you know? He was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually had a sense of depth to him. Or even something like the... Well, I guess it's not even that recent, but I remember right around Time Runs Out, when Time Runs Out was happening, Hickman didn't write the issues, but there was uh, a, an Avengers World comic that was kind of running concurrently. And I think it was either, I want to say either Nick Spencer or Frank J. Barbier who was writing the, some some of the issues. And some of those stories had a U.S. agent just as a normal hero. And that was kind of refreshing to see that he wasn't just some jerk. Yeah, yeah. The other character I'm looking forward to seeing return is Agent 13, Sharon Carter. She is going to be in Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. We haven't seen her in a long time. Yeah. I what's what's the last movie that she was in? Was it Civil War? Yeah. Yeah. So uh I mean, she's a character that has a pretty big role in the Captain America uh mythos you know as a as a supporting character so yeah i i guess there was always a part of me that was like 
expecting to see more of her, but she just never did. Yeah, because you in know? the comics, she's Captain America's love interest, not Peggy yeah. Carter. Yeah. Huh. So, um, it'll be... You think they're going to try to uh, set her up with uh, Winter Soldier or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, That'd be interesting to see or, if they end or up Falcon going even. in that direction. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, um, I did see uh, one of the clips they put out where I guess it, it looks like she's been kind of doing her own investigation or something. Uh-huh. And she runs into Falcon and, and Bucky. and. Yeah. They're in the shadows, so she, when she comes out, she's pointing a gun at them, and you look at her, and Bucky's like, Sharon, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty curious to see how this show is going to play out. It's, it's, again, it's a lot, it feels like it's probably going to be something that's more straightforward, but I'm, you know, I'm down for an action buddy political thriller espionage thriller type of story you know yeah i got totally i got no issues with that yeah same here it'll be fun man just to see those characters together kind of reminds me of uh the brubaker run after captain america died The, the book became a story about the falcon and bucky and Sharon Carter and Black Widow, like it just became this ensemble book featuring a cast of characters that were Captain America's friends. Yeah. And it kind of feels like that's what this show is going to be like. Yeah. Like, so since you've touched on it, like, do you feel what, what influence do you, influences do you feel will have, will be taking uh will there be on this show in terms of uh, uh comics that they're going to lift influence from uh i mean the first thing i would guess would be the brubaker stuff even though yeah. brubaker when he, when he did the story of captain america's death bucky was the one who ended up becoming the new captain america he was the one who yeah, wielded yeah. the shield yeah and in this one uh i mean captain america gave his shield to sam so yeah, I think it'd be disrespectful if Sam decided to give the shield to Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> yeah, he's like yeah. the first, the first scene of the first episode is like, you, you take know what? it, you take it. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of influences, there are quite a few comics where Sam Wilson. Falcon is actually Captain America, so there's yeah. a potential that they can uh, take elements from those stories as well. Yeah, you know? like when Ricky Bender uh, did that story, I think it was because Captain America got too old or something because of, you know, some cosmic comic book shenanigans, and then Nick Spencer had a run with Sam yeah. Wilson as Captain America. I'm pretty <laughs> sure what happened was... Uh, it was in Rick Remender's Captain America run, and what happened was Captain America fought an Oriental, and the Oriental found a way <laughs> to use his ancient Asian mysticism to <laughs> age him to the point where he could no longer be Captain America. 
<laughs> he used his ancient Chinese secret. <laughs> ancient Chinese secret. <laughs> Man, somebody's gonna listen to you talking about that, and they're gonna completely buy into that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might have been uh, tongue in cheek about it, but that is basically what happened. In the comic. <laughs> Um, you know, they, they did it in a much more serious way, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did like his look in the comic, to be honest, man. Like the, he had the a cool combination look. of his, uh, of the Captain America suit combined with his wings and the goggles. I thought that was a good look for him. Yeah. It's, uh, all of the best elements of both their costumes lifted yeah. and combined. So. Yeah, I'm about that. Do um, you think that the show will start with Captain America's funeral? I don't think so. Because, well, I, I forget if I'm imagining this news, but I'm pretty sure I heard that uh, Chris Evans is, there's a high likelihood that he's going to continue to reprise his role. Uh, in, Just as an old man? They didn't say. So they, from the sounds of it, it just they just said that uh, he struck some sort of deal with Disney where he's going to come back. They didn't say, uh, you know, specifically whether he's going to come back as Captain America, but he's. It sounds like he's going to continue to show up in the Marvel universe. Oh, again, I did not know that. I feel like I need to double check this. Maybe I'm imagining it, but I feel like this was something that they said. What if who he's actually going to play is he's going to come back as a human torch because of the multiverse? <laughs> uh, huh? Huh? <laughs> what like, if he, he comes back as his own son? <laughs> <laughs> no, see, what? what if... They do a multiverse story, cause you know how that they're talking about how that Spider-Man movie has all these different uh, Spider-Man actors and stuff. Yeah. So if they crack into the multiverse with, uh, you know the the Spider-Man two, Doctor Octopus, and the Amazing Spider-Man Electro, what if they tap into the Chris Evans Human Torch and also bring in the Michael B. Jordan Human Torch? That would be. That would be something. I, yeah, I, I'd have to see it before I can make any sort of a determination because those <laughs> Fantastic Four movies were not good. <laughs> but yeah, here, um, like I don't know if this is from any uh, reputable source, but there are quite a few pages that were talking about this Chris Evans returning. Uh, like I, I I'd have to really do some research, but I it it looks like he made some sort of deal with Disney to come back. Okay, so it's not so just some clickbaity site making stuff up. There's a chance of that too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but I, I I do remember hearing this. I, I just I just didn't remember what the details were. Um Oh wait. Uh Oh, 
Okay, this January 14th, 2021 uh, article says it's news to him, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just got swept up in it. (laughs) It was probably some clickbait thing that some dude made up, and then Chris Evans saw it on Twitter, and he's like, what are you talking about? What the heck is this? Yeah. Yeah. Or do you think that he's so into secrecy that he's just pretending? Uh, No, Chris Evans seems like a decent dude, so... Well, I I don't know, man. <laughs> I forgot I forgot what I was listening to. Uh, but I yeah. Anyways, I I guess if it's it's clickbaity news, then I nothing I know nothing I know is. Uh, I feel like my 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 truth and my world are shattered a little bit. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. What was your question? No, that was my question. Okay, okay. So, okay. Uh, I I don't think he's gonna show up as a corpse in in that first scene. So, uh, you think he'll show up as an old man at any point in the series? Huh? Or maybe even like a phone call or something? We'll hear his voice. I was gonna say we might get someone talking to someone on the phone, and he'll, <laughs> you know, he'll call him Cap or Steve or something like that. And <laughs> there's a chance that might be all you get. Yeah. I mean, do you, would you really want to see Captain America in this? Not really. Yeah, honest, it, I, I feel like. It sort of feels like it's their yeah. chance to take up the the reins, right, of, yeah. of that story. So, like, if they actually did start the story with the funeral, with with yeah. Captain America's funeral, I think I'd be pretty okay with that. Because um, mm. it kind of feels like if they just let him live out his golden years somewhere where he doesn't bother anyone and nobody bothers him but he's still alive it, it's just such a weird nebulous thing to do with, with the character that feels like they're kind of hedging their bets like it'd be a really crass commercial thing to do because then they could come up with something where they just continue to have him make cameos or yeah even uh who knows man maybe they'll do something where they restore his youth and yeah he'll be back in his prime one day um and he'll be but, cap again yeah, it, it it feels like that would just be kind of regressive to all the things yeah. that they've been doing. So yeah. I'm kind of skeptical that they would go that direction. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Anything is possible. You know, there's if they did decide to bring him back as Captain America one day, I'm sure that movie would make a, a bunch of money. Yeah. So you always have to allow for that possibility. Yeah. I was going to say... Um... You know, now that uh, at the end of Endgame, they revealed that, you know, Cap went off to live his live his life with uh, Peggy Carter mm-hmm. in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they'll ever introduce Ultimate Red Skull? That's a hilarious that. question. Think about that's a that. hilarious question. 
feel like uh, now we have to explain the joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay, my, my memory of this is a bit spotty because it's been a while since I read it. But essentially in the Ultimate Universe, what ends up happening is uh, Captain America ends up fathering a child that he wasn't... Uh, I, f- I forgot if he was aware of it or what. Um, I want to say that... Do you, do you remember the exact circumstances behind that? I, yeah, I can't remember exactly how either. All I remember yeah. is that the, he ultimate did. Red Skull, the ultimate Red Skull was his son. His, yeah. <laughs> and the, the dude was just this sick, twisted psychopath. He was a sociopath. A sociopath. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... So, you know, for whatever reason, uh, not whatever reason, I mean, Captain America wanted to get his rocks off. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but Captain America ends up having a child, and because his uh, body has the super soldier serum, uh, his, his child ends up being a super soldier, you know? And everyone thinks that, you know, this guy, this, this kid... Uh, ends up looking, you know, growing up, and he looks just like dad, just good-looking all-American boy, blonde hair, blue eyes. But, you know, one day, uh, the dude just goes nuts, and he he murders a bunch of people. He just goes on a rampage, and uh, he's just the worst kind of uh, neo-Nazi fascist. Yeah. <laughs> and to the point where, like... He's just so unstable that he he cuts the skin off his own face just because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of Endgame, um, you know, Captain America decides to go back in time and live his life with Peggy Carter. And there's a likelihood and possibility that the two of them have this child are are going to have some sort of children together. <laughs> so the joke is, well, if they all aged, uh, you know, if this happened in the past and, you know, everyone ages like normal, then wouldn't there be a, do you think there's a chance that we're going to see the sociopath version of Captain America's son in these movies? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that'd be pretty sad that, the child of two heroes like that would end up becoming this horrible neo-Nazi. <laughs> like in the comic book, one of the things that I'll always remember is yeah. this picture of the Red Skull holding a gun to a baby's head. <laughs> I remember that now that you mention it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure he ends up shooting the baby. <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing at that. It's just so over the top evil. It, it's pretty like cartoonishly evil, you know. It's yeah. it's very Mark Miller. It's very Mark Miller, just going off the rails. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't think <laughs> you would see that in the movies. I think that would scar a lot of children. That would scar a lot of children. <laughs> <laughs> plus you also i think we should also account for the fact that when captain america went back to return the stone he lived his life in that alternate timeline so unless that if he had a kid 
the only way that kid would make it to the MCU main timeline is if that kid had a way to traverse the multiverse. That's that's true. But, you know, these movies being what they are, like it's not so, an impossibility. But what if what if Captain America's kid from the alternate timeline with Peggy turns out to be the Human Torch played by Chris <laughs> Evans? <laughs> oh man, that's a uh... That is like some fanboy. Uh, <laughs> that's like some fanboy stuff right there, you know. To the highest degree, dude. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of those shows where you always have this character. Uh, the same actor will play the father, and then yeah, you know, later Whenever on. Whenever we do time travel yeah. on on any TV show, uh, and just due to budgetary constraints. They go back and they meet their ancestors, and their ancestors look exactly like their parent. Like they look exactly like <laughs> the characters that exist already. And again, this is a budget thing, right? But it's like, how does any of that make sense? Why would your like? Why would your great 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 grandmother and grandfather look exactly like your mother and father now? <laughs> Because that would imply that, like, one of them... There's a lot of inbreeding. Exactly, exactly, right? It would make sense if they looked like one of them. Okay. You know, it'd be like, okay, I get that. If If both of them looked like your dad or both of them looked like your mom, that makes sense. But there's no way that both of them would look exactly like both your parents. Let's talk about what we think the show will be about based on the clips that we've seen so far. Let's start with where we left off with the characters the last time we saw them. So I guess we can start with Falcon and Bucky. Okay, one of the, I'm going to even go a little bit further back from from where from the last time we saw Falcon and Bucky or Winter the Winter Soldier, but I'm going to go because the last time we actually see Falcon and the Winter Soldier is in uh, end of at Endgame. Endgame. At the end of Endgame. But I was going to go back... Well, you know what? Never mind. I'm, this is actually a good point. Uh, because they're the main characters of the show. So we we should start off with, at where they were at the end of Endgame. And at the end of Get- Endgame, what we saw was that Captain America had gone back to in time to an alternate timeline... So that he could live out the life that he he never got a chance to live in the main Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline. Uh, he so he goes back in time, uh, lives the life that he wanted to le- live with Peggy Carter, the woman he loves, and he returns back to our time at some point, and he's an old man now. So uh, at this point, Steve Rogers slash Chris Evans slash Captain America has lived a long full life and he's decided that he's not going to be Captain America anymore and at the end of Endgame after all the trials and tribulations with Thanos he decides I'm going to give the shield to Falcon Sam Wilson because I have faith in him after everything we've been through after everything I've seen about him I have faith that he's going he's going to be the perfect person 
to carry on the legacy for me. Mm-hmm. And he, he gives his shield to Sam Wilson, Falcon, and uh, and that's where we see Falcon at the end of uh, Endgame. Uh, but additionally, uh, you might have to jog, uh, 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 jog my memory on this one, but I don't really remember what happened to Bucky at the end of Endgame uh, other than it just feel, felt like him and Sam had developed a relationship like a buddy like a frenemy kind of relationship since Civil War yeah and at the end of it because Bucky was uh Steve Rogers close friend uh in during World War II it felt like there was close connective tissue there between those characters uh, because, again, uh, Steve Rogers gave the title and the the shield of Captain America to the Falcon, and on some level, Winter Soldier, although he's not carrying on the legacy, the direct legacy of the of Captain America of the shield. You know he's carrying on the the legacy of the work of Captain America along with Sam Wilson. I, I think that's the only way that I could explain mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I guess. Well, I want to go back to what you mentioned briefly about the relationship between Sam and Bucky in Civil War, because frenemies is probably the right uh, the right way to put it. They started working together and fought on the same side in Civil War. And they, in, huh? I don't think they were on the same side, were they? Falcon and Bucky? They were on the same side, dude. Oh, they were okay, on Captain right. America's side. You're right, you're right. They were, my bad. My yeah, bad. there was even that so scene, cool. man, when when uh, Sharon Carter was returning their equipment after yeah. they'd gotten arrested. Yeah. And Cap and Sharon shared a moment together. Yeah. Bucky and Sam were in the car. Do you remember that scene? Right, right. I forgot because... The, the one scene that jumps out to me the most, uh, and I don't want to, like, drive us too far off on a tangent, but is the scene where they're fighting, where it's Winter Soldier and Falcon fighting with Spider-Man, or against Spider-Man in the, uh, in the airport. Yeah. And Spider-Man incapacitates the both of them. Yeah. The scene is just both as Falcon and Winter Soldier laying on the ground, and Falcon just goes... I hate you, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, they it's a lot jokingly. Of yeah, it's jokingly, but you know. So in my mind, I was like, "Wait, do they hate each other?" So yeah. Anyways, oh, that, you, that was. You took it seriously? No, no, no. I didn't think it was serious, but I just remembered hearing that line. So on some level, I was like, "Wait, weren't they fighting against each other at that point?" But it it wasn't. That wasn't the case. I like. I had to map that out so that I could remember what the exact circumstances were. There you go, man. Your neural pathways are still going strong. You've been able to uh, access. Yeah, I'm surprised too. I mean, I've done just decades of meth. And um, (laughs) so whenever I'm capable of remembering anything, like where my car keys are, I'm just, you know, that's a win for me. Yeah, but you know what (laughs) counteracts the side effects of meth what's that reading a lot of comic books they sharpen your mind uh 
I want to so, believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. <laughs> um, so, but, so getting back to where Bucky was <laughs> at the end of Endgame, we saw him at the scene right before Steve Rogers steps onto the time machine. And before he uh, gets on the machine, he and Bucky actually share a private word together. And we as the audience aren't really privy to that conversation. We just know that they have a moment. uh, And then Cap uh, gets on the machine. And then, you know, next thing we know, old man Cap is sitting on the bench over there. And Bucky sees him first and he tells Sam to go over there. So I I think from that scene, you just get the sense that Bucky knows what's about to go down and he he respects it, you know. Um, so he wants Sam to have that moment with with Steve Rogers. And that that's pretty much where we left him. Mm. The other thing that I thought was interesting was uh, and I, I think it comes through in the acting in Anthony Mackey's acting is when he gets the shield, he doesn't get hyped up about receiving it you know it, it it doesn't really feel like oh yay i get to be captain america you know it, it it's more like dang i've got a how am i ever gonna live up to this you know it's yeah. like in a way it's, it's, it's more of a yeah it's it's more of a burden than it is a promotion yeah yeah no that's totally uh you get that sense and i'm glad that they went in that direction because you want the guy to be who's going to be the next Captain America to be a humble dude. And, you know, I don't want someone who, who's going to get it and who's going to start doing, like, flares and backflips just mm-hmm. at how excited they are at, that they get to be Captain America. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, as much as I love Gronk, I, I don't, I, I don't you know, I don't think that he's going to necessarily have the emotional bandwidth to... Or the dignity to be Captain America. <laughs> Dude, that would have been say, hilarious. Although I will say, he does kind of pull off the look of Captain America. Uh, like, I could see him being a Captain America. Yeah, yeah. You know who else I would always thought had a had the perfect look to be Captain America is J.J. Watt. That's you know a good what, one. You know who J.J. Yeah. Watt is? Yeah. yeah. The, the way Texans, he looks, right? man. Yeah. yeah, although although they recently got rid of him and he's on the Cardinals now. Oh. Yeah, Oof. the Texans are in disarray, which is a shame for them. But yeah, J.J. Watt, Justin yeah. James Watt, that dude basically has a perfect body and he looks like this, just a slab of meat that was made in a lab to be the he's perfect a big dude. Man. He's yeah. a big dude. He's a big yeah, dude exactly. with a thick neck. <laughs> Actually, when you put it that way, I don't know if I ever pictured Captain America with a super thick neck like that, but J.J. Uh, Watt definitely has a nice body. He could be a superhero. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose J.J. Watt and Gronk could have a love child that would just be the summation of all of their peak physical traits. Uh, If that ever happened... <laughs> There's probably a good chance that child would end up like Ultimate Red Skull. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, which we mentioned earlier in the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, another part of the backstory or uh, that I feel like is worth mentioning is that the trailer has shown that Baron Zemo uh, is going to be in the is is going to play a role as one probably the one of the primary antagonists uh Mm -hmm. of falcon and the winter soldier and for those of you who might not remember the last time we see him is at the end of civil war uh and he he's essentially a a I, I, I'm, I don't want to say civilian because he's not really a civilian. What he was was he was someone he, who was... He was in the Sokovian military. Yeah, exactly. So he was... He's someone who had skills and a military background. But what he... What happened was that in... Basically, the Avengers went on a mission that ended up causing casualties in his family... Yeah, this was basically the Age of Ultron movie. The Age of Ultron movie. That's when it all happened off-panel. Like, you you don't see Baron Zemo in Age of Ultron, but that's where his backstory is. So during the battle with Ultron, his his family gets killed, and he holds the Avengers uh, responsible for that and spends Civil War orchestrating the series of events that end with the Avengers completely fracturing. And the last time we see him in Civil War, it ends with he's about to kill himself. He's about to commit suicide because he feels like he's succeeded in his mission. He has caused Captain America and Iron Man to fight each other, and he's broken up the Avengers. But Black Panther finds Baron Zemo in the snow, prevents him from killing himself, and arrests him or yeah gets him arrested so at the end of civil war we see him in the same little uh prison container thing yeah that he had that bucky had been arrested and stored in when he was arrested earlier in the movie so so helmet zemo has just been in prison since the end of civil war and i'm not sure if there were any hints or anything that pointed to what happened to him like during during uh at the end of infinity war i don't know if he was one of the people that got blinked out of existence or killed when thanos snapped the gauntlet yeah or if he or if he had just you know been aging slowly in prison all this time so yeah i guess we'll find out yeah exactly exactly Uh, like it'll be interesting to see how they address that uh story element for sure do you think he got free from prison because he got snapped when Thanos killed everybody? And then when Hulk brought everybody back, the prison had been demolished because there was no one left in prison. <laughs> so he just appeared in like this place that used to be a prison. Um, so he got free that way. I feel like... I mean, I, I don't think that would be necessarily a silly explanation for it well the way i phrase it i tried to make it sound as silly as possible right right well i mean still like i i think it would take a lot of explaining to to say for 
if they're going to try to make the story for Falcon and Winter Soldier as streamlined as possible, it will take a lot of explaining to, you know, try to discuss what happens with the snap and uh, have him disappear and reappear and try to explain what he's been doing since then. Uh, I feel like the, the, the most streamlined thing that they can do is uh, have him be you know have him be in prison this whole time and someone busts him out someone busts him out exactly the flag so, smashers bust him out yeah exactly that which which it feels like that's the direction they might be leaning towards but yeah. i could be wrong what if batrock zeliper breaks him out like batrock infiltrates the prison and just kicks everything hella hard, and that sets <laughs> Helmut Zemo free. Uh, I'd be okay with that because the MCU version. Well, I, I'm I'm a fan of, well, not a fan, but I like Batroc the Leaper, anyways. But mm -hmm. and um, and on top of that, I'd even say that the the film version of Batroc was. He's isn't he in uh, a UFC fighter? Yeah, that was GSP, man. Yeah, that's GSP, right? Yeah. So that version of Batroc was pretty, you know, he was pretty badass. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, he should just kick everything. Yeah. I mean, that's his thing. He's a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking yeah, I'm, of... I'm really interested to see uh, how they bring Zemo in back into this into the fold but yeah I didn't mean to cut you off what were you about to say no 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 um uh, well I was gonna say speaking of flag smashers um we discussed what they were a little bit earlier but one of the things that we've I've learned since uh you know since we initially discussed them was that uh the way that I know of the flag smasher is that it's a singular character but apparently in this version of the uh, uh this the this version of the flag smasher in the MCU actually is it still the MCU now that it's all on streaming now that these are all streaming shows that, that I think that counts, it still right? counts as the MCU yeah okay okay I mean I don't I don't know if television is equ equivalent to cinema yeah but uh you know I'm not necessarily going to be a stickler for labels like that i don't have to be pedantic about it okay. i understand that they take place in the same continuity so for convenience's sake it's simpler to call it the mcu i'm good with that i'm good with that um so the mcu's version of flag smasher isn't going to be a singular character because which is good because flag smasher sucks but <laughs> <laughs> um but it's it's basically going to be a hate organization. Yeah. I hate. Kind of, hate. Hate. <laughs> some kind of anti-patriotism group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting choice. It's an interesting direction to go with for the Flag Smashers. It probably makes more sense than what the comic book version of Flag Smasher is, to be honest. Yeah. I, I mean, I having, having one guy who uh he kind of just dresses up as like a low rent poor man's version of count nefaria 
and he runs around in a cape, uh, you know, talking about how bad countries are. You know, if you go to his Wikipedia page, Flag Smasher's Wikipedia entry, it's a picture. The picture they use of him is a picture, is a panel of him saying, what? I'm not a communist. Weren't you people listening? I hate what the Soviet Union stands for as much as I hate what America stands for. <laughs> He's an <laughs> anarchist. The caption, yeah, the caption says, the Flag Smasher explains his politics. And that pretty much sums him up. Yeah. I was going to mention, though, there was something about finding out that the Flag Smashers is going to be as this uh, militant hate organization. There was something about that that struck something in my memory. And it was that it made me think of the Ta-Nehisi Coates Captain America that uh, that they've been working on recently. Yeah. And I don't know what it was about that description, but it just, it resonated with this memory I have of uh, this image in the Ta-Nehisi Coates Captain America. And in that Captain America, what we see is in the aftermath of everything that's happened, Captain America is dealing with a country that is distrustful of him. And... Mm -hmm. One of the things that happens in that first story arc is that there are a bunch of these other super soldiers called Nuke that are essentially just mass-produced, and they are, for whatever reason, they're acting out as a hate organization, as a stand-in for a hate organization, and uh, I forget, do you remember what their like slogan was? Uh, not off the top of my head. I need to grab my copy of it, but yeah. I don't have it at hand. No worries, no worries. But it 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 had all their their presence in the comic had all the earmarks of a hate organization. Uh, in that they were super jingoistic, super uh super about slogans and chanting and uh yeah, it was there was something about that idea that just resonated with with the idea of the flag smashers as a concept if they intend to do it that way so um i think i think their their slogan was something like was like for for the love of god and country or something like that wasn't it i I really can't remember okay okay what were we gonna say i was gonna say that uh it would be a pretty interesting twist if they did make the Flag Smasher organization in the TV show, something that was more along the lines of a, of a hate group. Yeah. Because the comic book Flag Smasher character was a guy that didn't want countries. He, he hated the idea of countries. Um, and he was an anti-nationalist. Mm. So it would be an interesting twist if they somehow found a way to make the Flag Smasher concept one where they were nationalists or they were some kind of hate group. Yeah. I Like, the only way that I could make that connection or make that justification is that if if they just take the name of Flag Smasher and they mm-hmm. make it about you know if if the entire like 
point of the organization their their entire point of being their entire point of existing is to destroy um you know what america represents yeah you know, to smash the flag in that sense then and you know and again move away from the idea of just an anarchy you know just move away from the idea of just anarchy and no government at all but uh more towards the idea of just taking the name of flag smasher and being about destroying smashing the flag of america right yeah yeah as, that as it stands that would smashing the flag of america probably makes more sense to me i i, I can it, it feels like that would probably be what the show is about unless somehow there's a reason that the flag smashers are targeting America. I mean, I'm assuming that it takes place in America. It, yeah. For all we know, it could be a, uh, no, it's probably America, right? Oh, <laughs> um, but it would be interesting if the flag smashers in the show did actually, uh, want to bring down other countries. I guess they could do that. Right. Well, I I just thought of it, or I just had another thought, which was, I mean, so one of the earlier themes that we see for Baron Zemo is how, you know, uh, because of superheroes and their activity, what ends mm-hmm. up happening is that the little guy ends up being, ends up suffering the consequences of their actions, right? Yeah. And the way that one of the earlier themes, and we see this in WandaVision as well, and, and in uh, Wanda and Quicksilver's origin, is that they were uh, in these European, Eastern European countries, and their family, they suffered uh, at the hands of a Stark munition uh, mm-hmm. supposedly sent by, you know, whatever uh, country in power or, you know, uh, I don't know how else to describe it, but, you know, an elite, right? Yeah. So so there's a way that they could present the Flag Smashers and, and Baron Zemo's cause as, uh, you know, as the countries that have been in power for all these years have continued to rob their citizens of um wealth and prosperity and their well-being and all that we we ever get all all that the peasants ever get is death and uh you know devastation Mm -hmm. at their hands and maybe it's time for us to do away with countries to do away with these, the power elite countries, all the countries that, you know, profess to um, be the, the the pinnacle of civilization, right? All these mm-hmm. supposed first world countries. So in that way, Flag Smasher as a concept might still be even, might still be true to what the comic book version of Flag Smasher was about. That's That's a good point. So you, you think it's pretty likely then that the flag smashers in the show will be aligned with Baron Zemo? I think so, and I think they're all. I think there's a good chance that all of their 
all of the 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 people that make up their ranks are going to be people who they're basically going to be like terrorists, you know, just people who mm-hmm. have some sort of grudge against um all of these countries that that fight America. their wars America, but I it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't limited to America, if it included uh first world countries or, you know, up and coming countries. Um, you know, like Britain or Germany or Canada or whatever, where they just feel like, again, um, we're just trying to live our lives, but you guys have your wars and we're the ones who suffer the consequences of it. So yeah, why wouldn't we want to do away with the whole system, right? Which, like, I, I don't mean to try to make everything political, or, or well, I mean, or, their name is Flag Smashers, so okay, you can't really avoid it, the okay. political elements. Okay, okay. well, <laughs> I don't, okay, I don't really see a there. way that it can be avoided. Then I'll go there, but you know, for everything that we've seen in the past like four or five years, uh, you know, for all of the talk that we've had, um, it's hard not to have those things those elements seep into our uh into our into our culture you know into our consciousness exactly so it it wouldn't surprise me if they find a way to integrate that that element of uh chaos and anarchy into into a modern version of what the flag smashers are right yeah yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I hadn't considered that until you brought it up, but yeah. it's something that I'm going to have to think about and uh yeah, we'll we'll see if that plays out in the show. That's a pretty interesting concept though. Yeah. Like even okay, so and again, I'm not making a political statement per se. This is more just an observation. So, I could be completely off, but even when you take the idea of um, the stuff that happened on January 6th where those guys were storming the Capitol, mm-hmm. like, even a concept like that fits in with with the underlying vibe or, uh, yeah, the underlying vibe of something that would create something like the Flag Smasher, right? Yeah, These people who who are just angry for, and I'm sure they have whatever reasons. I'm not gonna. I I probably no. I I in all likelihood don't agree with whatever their reasons <laughs> for their anger are. I would hope not. <laughs> yeah, but uh, imagine just being so mad at your country that you know at at these perceived elites to the point where. You just want to do away with it altogether, not considering whatsoever at all, like how much you benefit from from the established system, right? Yeah. Like, because the alternative is literally just chaos. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you they know? really think? Do the do the flag ma- flag smashers actually believe that getting rid of the concept of America will make the world a better place? Will it make their lives better. Yeah. Right. I mean, especially if they're 
Well, again, I guess I'm, I suppose I'm making an assumption here, but I'm, my assumption was that the Flag Smashers were going to be Americans. But for all I know, it could be a coalition of individuals from like all over the world that just want to bring hate. down, yeah, that, that are just united in their hate for America. So th- I guess it doesn't yeah. have to be Americans, but it could just be a bunch of people that hate America. Yeah. And I, I'll even, I, I, I'll stick to my presumption that it might not even be. There's a, there's a chance they might not strictly limit it to America again because it's just about whatever uh, perceived authority is around, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's like you were saying, Drew, like. Do you really think your life, their lives would be better without these institutions? But, you know, if I if I was going to take uh, the, the flip side of that argument, I one could argue, like, how bad are their lives that <laughs> that becomes a solution? Like, I like I, I can honestly say my life isn't that bad. So maybe it's hard for me to imagine that. But. And again, yeah. this isn't me necessarily advocating for that because yeah. you'd have to be pretty messed up in order to look at your life and to go, my life is so bad that the only solution is to burn it all to the ground because that's that's going to make it better for me somehow. <laughs> yeah, like wild anarchy in the streets is going to be a proper solution. It's like saying, or it's, it's like uh, imagining something like those Purge movies where everybody just runs wild. Yeah. Like, the, I'm sure there are people out there who actually think that would be cool. But, uh, yeah, logically, it's hard to... Yeah. It's hard to perceive why anyone in his right mind would actually... Right, right. ...want something like that. And quite frankly, I, I think... And this is me on my soapbox, but I think anyone who who looks at their life and and like feels that way, not not anyone, but I do think that there are a good number of people who would look at who the good number of people who would look at their lives and feel that way. I, I, I have a feeling that there's a lack of like self awareness and there's a lack of like. It's it's a pretty selfish attitude to take, you know? Yeah, it's something that I think p- people who are self-entitled would feel, you know? Like, it's it's yeah. just that sense where people go around thinking that they deserve something better than what they actually have when we really don't deserve anything and we ought to be grateful for what we do have. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm ready to hate the Flag Smashers. <laughs> <laughs> they've kind of a... They're kind of our ideal uh, fictional characters to to hate on as the viewer, aren't they? They're like kind of ideally suited for this point in time in our culture. They're exactly that's a that that's the best way to put it. But I will uh, say this to your earlier statement about how they're the ideal character to hate at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um. It remind it reminds me of uh, this, and, and this 
again, this isn't something that necessarily speaks for everyone, but when um, I remember after the January 6th thing happened and, you know, all those people rushed the Capitol. Yeah. And shortly after that, there was a coup in Myanmar. Yeah. Did you did you hear about this, Drew? Yeah. So there was this coup in Myanmar. And again, I like this might just be purely anecdotal, but I thought it was interesting nonetheless. And what ended up happening was some of the news stations, uh, some of the, uh, yeah, the news stations were trying to comment on how a military coup in Myanmar was a bad thing, but then they ended up walking those statements back because a lot of their viewers were actually in support of the idea of a military coup in Myanmar, and they kind of wished that a military coup would happen here. <laughs> Okay, that I didn't hear about. Yeah, so so the idea that when when you say that, oh, these are kind of the perfect people to hate, there's a chance that there are some people who would look at those guys and they'd cheer for them. That is true, too. That would be yeah. a little bit troubling, but I can easily picture yeah. it based on uh, the world we live on live in today. At this point in history, I, I find that there's a lot that I find troubling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as, as time goes on, uh, as as time continues to progress, I find humanity more and more disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like humanity as a concept. But when yeah. you start introducing me to people, I just hate them all. <laughs> I like humanity as long as it's something that I can't figure out, as long as it's a Rubik's Cube. If it's an abstract, <laughs> intangible notion, then yeah, I'm all for it. I just but imagine you going... <laughs> so you mean like me, but like billions of... Okay, <laughs> I can get on board with that. <laughs> So going back to Baron Zemo, we were you were thinking that he would most likely be aligned with the Flag Smashers in the show. I think so, because his his backstory has already been established as as him being someone who is a victim of uh of these powers that are greater than him. So he's he's essentially a little guy striking back at uh you know the power elite of the world because mm -hmm. he feels that he's been wronged because he feels that you know his family in in order to stop the 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 dropping uh, okay so when the when Ultron tried to drop a a city from the atmosphere to cause a second extinction event uh the avengers of course, had to do what they could to stop that, and uh, you know they 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 ended up dropping the island from a substantially lower altitude. But it was you know you're still dropping essentially what's a a, a mass the size of a city in this yeah. in this area. So it's not like there's going to be no casualties, and and the idea that there would be no casualties 
personally, it's it's hard to believe. So yeah. So even even though you could make the logical argument to someone like Baron Zemo that they tried their best to save everybody, and it's unfortunate that your family died, and we wish that it didn't happen. But you know, in a worst case scenario, the whole world would have been killed. And, but the thing about Baron Zemo is there is such a hole in his, in his life. There's just such a gaping, empty vacuum that even that logic doesn't matter to him. He doesn't care because, what were we going to say? Let me, let me uh, approach his logic from the way you described it. So does Baron Zemo... Does the world or the public in general know that Ultron was created by the Avengers? Do they know that Tony Stark and Bruce Banner created Ultron? That's true. I didn't he reveal that at the end of uh of Civil War? Like wasn't wasn't part of part of the Civil War story arc was that there was a like a data dump that basically revealed all these different things about the Avengers. Yeah, but I don't remember if that was part of the data dump or not. I can't I can't recall. Yeah. I mean, that'd be pretty devastating. I feel like the world knows already that Ultron was built by them because if he still has that in his arsenal, that would be pretty devastating to the Avengers now. Yeah. In I the mean, eyes he, would the be, he would be besmirching the name of Tony Stark. Yeah. The most beloved hero in their universe. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, yeah I guess you're right. It, the world probably does know. Yeah. But I guess it's not... Yeah, I, don't, I, can't, I can't remember if Civil War... Uh, mentioned it or not yeah somebody who's uh really well versed in the mcu hopefully will come and tell us the answer to that question yeah yeah we'll give you a no prize (laughs) (laughs) here's another character that uh we haven't seen since civil war but sharon carter agent 13 Mm -hmm. so the last time we saw her was in Civil War, and pretty much at that point, it was that scene where she gave uh, Cap and Falcon their their stuff back, and by doing that, she kind of uh, disobeyed her uh, superior's orders. She was working for, I believe it was the CIA, mm-hmm. right? It was the CIA. So I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, if her superiors found out about it, they uh she probably got fired from her job. Yeah. So, that would make sense. Yeah. Either that or they just demoted her to like the janitor or something. Yeah. Cafeteria and... chef. <laughs> <laughs> she's just in some cafeteria making sandwiches. Yeah, she's like, I used to fight terrorists. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I fought alongside Captain America and now I'm just making sandwiches in the cafeteria. Yeah, exactly. Here's a casserole. Yeah. <laughs> That'd so, be quite the fall for grace. The other, the other thing, I believe 
during Endgame, during one of the scenes when they were looking over the casualty list, I believe Sharon Carter was listed as one of the casualties. So she actually did die when Thanos snapped the gauntlet. Wait, she died? Or was when Thanos snapped the gauntlet. I mean, she's back with everybody else now. Okay, okay, okay. But Hulk brought everybody back. I guess she was fortunate to not be in an airplane when she got brought back. <laughs> you know, she wasn't, right, right. she wasn't in an airplane when she got snapped to death, so she didn't appear 3,000 miles in the sky and fall to her death. Yeah, that's that's good to know because she's uh. She's not like a huge character in the Marvel universe, but she ain't you no know, she ain't nobody. Like she's she's uh she's got a footprint in the Marvel universe for sure. Yeah, you know? if you read Captain America comics, she's a major player. Yeah. Yeah. So uh I'm glad that they didn't kill her off panel, off screen. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we'll see what she's been up to since the end of Civil War and the couple years in between Civil War and Infinity War, because according to to the Wikipedia entry for the show, it just says that Sharon Carter has been on the run since she was last seen in Civil War. Oh, so okay, that that's what Wikipedia says. Keep in mind that anybody can update Wikipedia. So for all we know, uh, you know, just some fan could have written that. Who knows? That's true. Like I don't. When when you put it that way, when you say that she's been on the run since the end of Civil War, I honestly don't remember if that was the case. Like, I'm yeah, trying to think, think back to the last time that I saw her, and... I, I, yeah, I don't... I think the last time we actually see her... I don't remember anything indicating her, that she was on the run. Yeah, I think the last time we actually see her is that scene when she gives Cap and Falcon and Bucky all their stuff back. Yeah. She That'd she be... basically grabs it from the evidence locker and gives it to them. Yeah. That'd be quite a a leap. Well, I mean, I guess it's not that huge of a leap in logic to assume that she's been on the run, but I I don't know. Maybe maybe they didn't only fire her, but they wanted to arrest her for abetting a criminal since at that point in time Cap was technically a criminal. And maybe she didn't want to be arrested, so she ran away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be good to catch up with her and just to see, like, what the gaps were or uh, which, what she's been doing in that time since uh, since the last time we saw her. Yeah. Yeah, she's a good character, man. Yeah. And um, uh, I always liked that actress, too, Emily Van Camp. She was in this show I used to watch when I was a kid. Well, I guess I wasn't even a kid kid, but... Back when I was a young man, and I was, and I watched more TV, she was in that show Everwood. Yeah. You remember that drama? Uh, I just remember that. Uh, I think Greg Berlanti worked on it. Was it Greg Berlanti? Yeah, the guy that yeah. does all those DC Arrowverse shows now, right? That's yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably even, the main thing that I know about it. Yeah, even when he did Everwood, there were a lot of uh, comic book references to that in that show. Like the main character was a Green Lantern fan. I remember that. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, Chris Pratt was in that show too. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that once. Which it'd be I'm I'm interested to see what a young Chris Pratt did on that show uh, when he was just making his mark in Hollywood or whatever. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can look up some clips on YouTube, but it, it'd be funny if uh, Sharon Carter got to meet Star-Lord. Yeah. You can have well, the brother and sister meet again. I feel like whenever there there's a lot of these where um, the actors in these roles end up doing things in other films. Yeah, so, like, like Thor and Valkyrie were in Men in Black. Yeah, and uh, um, what's it called Wanda and Quicksilver from Age of Ultron. Yeah, they were in the first Godzilla movie, but they were husband and wife in that. Oh no way, dude! For real? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's pretty funny. Elizabeth Olsen and uh, I forget the dude's name, but Aaron something or other, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll, uh, Was that again, Godzilla movie? Did that predate Age of Ultron? I think it came out a little after Age of Ultron. Oh, that is funny, dude. Yeah, but it's yeah they were husband and wife in that, which that is... just reminds me of ult- the Ultimates when Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver kind of had an incestuous relationship. Yeah, I read something recently that, um, well, no, no, it was a YouTube video that I watched recently where they talked about uh, Elizabeth Olsen in an interview where she she referenced something about the Ultimates and the the nature of their relationship, <laughs> like, and she wasn't doing it in a jokey way, but it, it does feel like it was one of those instances where. She was trying to to reference it, and maybe the conversation went in a pretty awkward direction for a brief moment, just because that's just the nature of of these uh, of those comics. Uh, well, of these statements, of, you know, like yeah, it, it's hard not to bring up the fact that in the comics they had a potentially incestuous relationship without making it uncomfortable and weird. Yeah, I mean... It's not something you can just say uh, (laughs) casually. (laughs) I suppose not. (laughs) Uh, Anyways. Do you have any other comments about the, the plot or the potential plot that we'll be seeing in the show? Um... Well, I guess the the main thing I'd say is that we've seen two different trailers and one one of it the first trailer or the first few early trailers felt like they played it very straight and it felt like it was a like a political thriller or a political action thriller sort of Yeah, it looked like it could have you know, been something along the lines of the Winter Soldier movie. Yeah, um or what are those books, those books that were popular for a while? Like Some of All Fears? Uh, who's who's the guy that wrote all those? Are you thinking of like... Clancy. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like those kind of thrillers? Yeah, it, so it feels... It felt like the tone of it was something along the lines of a Tom Clancy novel or film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, 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 the trailer that we get later on is... Um, it's more lighthearted and it feels more like a buddy-buddy comedy. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the final product looks like. That that's my uh, that's my final thought on that. What kind of thematic content do you think the show will touch on? I mean, we talked a little bit about about it when we were discussing the flag smashers. 
Yeah. But I also feel like one of the other big things is that, uh, I mean, a black man is going to be Captain America, potentially, right? Yeah. Like, that's probably one of the things that I feel like they're going to address is the Falcon wielding the shield. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, even from uh, an audience standpoint, I could already imagine a lot of people not liking the idea of Sam Wilson being Captain America. Mm. I mean, when they did that in the comics, there was a, a backlash. Yeah. And I don't mostly from assholes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if all of the backlash was due to the Falcon being a black man, but I, I'm pretty sure like most of the backlash was because of that. Yeah. Because it's not like the comics were bad or anything. Yeah. So, speaking of, um, I, I mean, piggybacking on on the things that you mentioned, I, if I had to guess, I I, I want to say that the underlying theme of, of the show, if I had to guess, would center around the idea of what America means. Right. Yeah. So, so you would have this iconic character like Captain America. The you would have the character of Captain America being assumed by someone that traditionally doesn't look like what the idea of Captain America is, but at the same time, like the the idea of America is that anybody can be that iconic symbol right because Mm -hmm. that's that's what the american dream is about but what happens in but what happens when you get pushback from that what happens when uh competing competing narratives uh rear uh when when there are competing narratives that not only don't want to see that but are actively uh, making the case that not only that they deserve uh, to to have a a right to that uh, idea, but additionally, there are people who don't deserve to have that uh, to to mm-hmm. have that right. Right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, I get what you're saying. So it'll be. Yeah, like in in short, I feel like um part of the, part of the underlying theme of the show is probably going to be something along the lines of what does what does America look like? What does uh the idealism, the American idealism look like uh and who who who's you know, who's going to win that battle essentially? Yeah. And it, it's interesting, too, because that is a theme that is very relevant to our time right now. You know, it's it's very in yeah. the moment, you know, and I don't I wonder if it's intentional or if it's just, you know, because of happenstance, coincidence. Yeah. But that that is definitely a timely angle, you know, yeah. like more now more than, uh, you know, now more so than recent times it's like yeah yeah and i could also see like u.s agent 
being played up as kind of a counterpoint to to the Falcon. Yeah. He's going to be the traditional looking Captain America. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be the the white dude who's just got it all going for him and uh probably if he's anything like the incarnation of US agent in the comics, I'm guessing John Walker is going to be that dude who's just you know, self-entitled, probably a little overconfident in his skills and abilities, probably thinks that he deserves to be Captain America because he represents everything that there really is important about America. Mm. Mm. And it's kind of like you said, right? Um, It's not just that he thinks he deserves it, but I'm sure it makes sense in his mind to think that Sam Wilson doesn't deserve it. Exactly. Exactly. It's not enough that it's not enough that Captain it. America, Steve Rogers himself, personally gave the shield to Sam. Yeah. I can imagine John Walker just being like, that was, that's not how it's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just being really uh, gung-ho and, and just way overconfident about himself. Yeah. It's, um, the, but, you know, now that you've mentioned it and... When you mentioned uh, U.S. agent, I I didn't make that connection until you you just said it just now. So that's a that's a pretty cool observation to make, and I I I, I do hope they kind of they that they go that route because that would make for some interesting storytelling, honestly. Yeah, um, interesting storytelling and really current and relevant social commentary. Yeah, but. I, I'm I'm kind of I'm also interested how they're going to work that into the flag smashers. Yeah, yeah, because a- there's a chance that that could be a B plot that that happens. But if there's a way that they can weave those two uh, uh, narratives together uh, in a seamless fashion, that'd be pretty interesting to see too. Yeah, it, f- it definitely feels like there's potentially a lot going on in this series. Yeah. Do you know how many episodes they said it was supposed to be? Oh, I have no idea. I was under the presumption that it was nine, just like WandaVision. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, I'm I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. It says it's going to be six episodes. Oh, that's yeah. short. Yeah, but according to, uh, again, Wikipedia, the running time for each episode is going to range from 45 to 55 minutes. Oh, okay. That's longer than... Well, I feel like a big chunk of the WandaVision episodes were... Credits. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, yeah, so... I, I, I don't know if it's going to be like that for uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Bucky being a guy who's essentially over 100 years old, do you think it's unrealistic that in the movies he basically acts like he's comfortable with modern society did you would you expect bucky to be more in tune with a 1930s 1940s sensibility (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't know part of me wants to say that an explanation for that could be that 
they've just messed up his brain so much with their conditioning uh, <laughs> that he might just be completely numb to everything. <laughs> <laughs> he could be a stone cold sociopath. <laughs> For all we know. Exactly. He just acts friendly to disarm yeah. us. <laughs> I mean, that is one of the things about uh, sociopaths is that they're able to like project mm-hmm. uh, this like comforting people. persona. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good point. I guess I guess the stance we're taking is that Bucky is a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I did not see that as the direction that this conversation was going to go, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he was the guy who killed Baron Zemo's family. No, he he didn't. Okay, I was, I, I was like I I was I was just making stuff up at that, that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Do you have any predictions for the show is this show gonna reveal that mephisto was the big bad all along (laughs) (laughs) i hope not have there been have you seen anything like that online any um theories that people have put up uh not really but that's mainly because i stayed i've stayed away from any forums where people engage in that kind of speculation that's fair the only speculation I'm really interested in is ours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think ours are, are great. And um, I don't, I wouldn't trust those people to park my car. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, in terms of our predictions, I, like, I, I think we, we addressed some of those earlier on in terms of uh, what we think that, what we think the flag smashers are going to be and how Baron Zemo's role is going to play out. Yeah. And And uh, Walker. Yeah. And your ideas on a U.S. agent. So uh, no, I'm, I'm pretty uh, what's uh, content with, uh, with what, with the uh, predictions that we have had, because those are like some meaty predictions right there. You know, uh, yeah. they ain't no, they ain't no, uh, this is how mutants are going to show up. This is, <laughs> they, it ain't nothing like that, man. This is, this is legit introspective stuff. At, you know? at the end of the series, man, helmet Zemo is going to say more mutants. And that's how the X-Men enter the Marvel cinematic universe. You heard it here, boys and girls. <laughs> this Cap Falcon and Captain America. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet. Uh, uh, uh. I'm not gonna bet anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was Magneto all along. Exactly. <laughs> so, are you confident that by the end of the series, Sam Wilson will take up the mantle of Captain America? Oh. Uh... Yeah, I mean, if he hasn't already, um, like, I, I don't know, do you think he exists currently in this weird state where he's still the Falcon, but he just happens to have the shield? And so he's not officially called Captain America? I don't know if you noticed the scene in one of the trailers, but there was a scene where you, you see the Falcon looking at the shield inside a display case, 
Did you know? Do you remember that one? Oh, uh, I might have missed that detail. Yeah, but I know there have also been scenes where he's practicing with the shield in a forest or something, right? And yeah, uh, I don't know which of those scenes takes place first in a linear or chronological sense. So I'm well. These I'm trailers tend to be pretty tricky. Yeah, um, they, the trailers are obviously trying to trick us. They don't want to spoil stuff for us. Yeah, they just yeah, want to yeah. get people hyped up. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking there, there is a chance that perhaps Sam, at the beginning of the show, maybe he has uh, given the shield to the government for safekeeping in some museum or something. I don't know. Or maybe that wasn't even really the real shield. Maybe it was just a replica. Right. Maybe he just... Actually, he that could probably... have been at that museum, that yeah. Captain America museum that we yeah, see sometimes. That's true. Actually, now that I think about it, that probably makes more sense to me. It, it makes more sense yeah. to me that Sam would keep the shield with himself. Yeah. He's probably just looking at a museum piece. He yeah. keeps the real shield because, I mean, Steve Rogers gave He'd that to him. He'd be kind of messed up to give that away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, so he's he's got to keep the shield, I think. Yeah. And there's a chance that maybe the government or U.S. agent demands the shield so he can be cap- the new Captain America, right? Like maybe John Walker thinks he needs the shield in order to officially be Captain America. Yeah. And maybe Sam won't give it to him or he yeah. has second thoughts about it and, and questions why someone would, you know, ask that of him. Yeah. But I, I think that that could be a source of the the conflict right there but i also do think that he will probably end up being captain america by the end of the series or if if he doesn't officially call himself captain america we'll probably see him flying around with his falcon wings using the shield at some point right yeah yeah that that sound that feels like it's gonna happen yeah i i will say that in terms of uh, other predictions, uh, one of the f- one of the thoughts that I just had was, I don't know if we, and this might be too much of a, a like specific prediction to have, but I'm I'm also kind of curious what the actual like goal of the flag smashers and Zemo is going to be, right? Mm. Like, it feels like. It's just going to be something along the lines of terrorist bombings or some sort of explosion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it, I'm I'm curious to see what they actually intend to try to achieve. Yeah. What like, they what, actually what are their do. political agendas? What are they trying to accomplish besides? Are they, are they just trying to sow fear, or do they actually have uh, demands or something? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, as they exist in my mind right now, uh, conceptually, they all I know is, or I don't even know for a fact, but there's a likelihood that they're going to break out Baron Zemo. And uh, in terms of their ideology, we, we, we have like some rough uh, guess as to what it is that they believe. But the question is, what are they going to do with that? Yeah, that's a big you know? question. Yeah. Here's another uh, 
piece of speculation. But what if Zemo is not aligned with the Flag Smashers? What if instead it's the U.S. government who has Zemo in custody still, and they end up releasing him to serve their whims because he has some kind of knowledge or specialty that will that they think they can use him to stop the flag smashers like what if this is how the thunderbolts starts that would be a pretty bold and ballsy idea um i think i think if you're a comic fan that's that'd be a really fun idea to to see happen so it probably won't happen (laughs) yeah uh, it's i don't know It, it feels like it's not antithetical to the tone that they've established, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just don't have that level of imagination where I I, I can see that quite yet. Uh, like yeah. I, I I can see that as something that eventually happens uh, because, well, I mean because I've read the comics and Baron Zemo to some degree he doesn't become a hero not not really anyways but right. the thunderbolts is a big part of his uh his backstory so mm-hmm. it's something that if you're going to do the thunderbolts the most i what uh, one of the best ways to do the thunderbolts would have to be with zemo so yeah um yeah i i I don't have an answer for that. That's that'd be interesting if if they decide to do uh you know a complete 180 from what we expect and 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 do that. That'll be that'll yeah. be interesting to see. I, I admit I'm I'm pretty skeptical they would do that because it doesn't seem like the obvious thing to do, and it seem it also sounds like too complicated to, yeah. to pull off. Yeah. So I'm skeptical it would happen, but. If they were to do a story where uh, they did that, that could explain how Zemo gets free, you know, because the government thinks that they've got this uh, former military, Sokovian military leader who who has, I don't know, who just knows something like who has some kind of knowledge or specialty that they can take advantage of. So they, they think they can put him on a leash and he takes advantage of that leash and ends up breaking free out of prison through that Mm, mm. i don't know i mean that that's to me that's probably a better way for him to escape than to show uh thanos snapping him to death and then having him (laughs) come back five years later (laughs) scot-free i mean i guess that would be a simple way to do it but it wouldn't be my favorite it wouldn't be satisfying it wouldn't feel too satisfying yeah Oh man! I think I'd rather have Batroc run into the prison and kick everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it would have been interesting if they had put together um, like that dark version of the Thunderbolts, you know, using Batroc and mm-hmm. he's not alive, but. It would have been cool to see uh, Crossbones 
Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out who else. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of uh, uh, more street level uh, cap villains that uh, I think you could make cool for the series. Like I'm I'm 99% sure that the flag smasher in in the show is mm-hmm. more interesting to me is going to be more interesting to me than any version of the flag smasher that I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's I think just, there's a good chance of that happening. Yeah, I'm just being realistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all right. Well, any any final thoughts or anything else that you want to say before we get out of here? Um, nah, man. I I think we good. I think uh the show's coming out, dropping the first episode's dropping Friday. I think, right? Yep, Friday, yeah. uh, March nineteenth. Yeah. So, you know, uh, watch the episodes, listen to our episode for sure. Yeah, and, try, uh, try to try to make a game of it. Try to see if you can tell which part of this episode was recorded on Friday, uh, the Friday we recorded the WandaVision autopsy, and which part of the ep- episode was recorded afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with that. <laughs> All right, everybody. This is Between the Gutters, signing off. Peace out. Bye, guys. Bye. I think I'm all tapped out of thoughts. Yeah, we've uh, we've explored this to to its natural conclusion, and uh, we're gonna have to watch the show when it comes out, and we'll we'll do a Falk topsy when that's done. Not a Buck topsy. Wint Wint topsy. <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody (laughs) thanks for listening thanks for sticking with us this is between the gutters peacing out later bye guys